Viewer discretion advised. Please be 18, preferably 21, or not. So here we are with two stoner dads. I'm Rinaldis. I'm Jared. This is going to be a podcast we're doing on different horror, dark-themed movies and stories every episode. And we also, as you can't tell, love smoking cannabis. So we're going to review flour that we smoke before we even start the podcast. Today we smoked on some purple diesel grown by some personal people we know. Uh, they did a great job with the grow. Um, very smooth. Very smooth. Nice and terpeny. Uh, can't really remember the flavor because we've been doing a little drinking as well. So <laughs> we're going to move on. I think Jared uh, did what book did you do? In I movie? did Hannibal Rising. I did not do the movie though because I... It's been too long since I remember it. Uh, its author was Thomas Harris. The main character is Hannibal Lecter, Lady Mirasaki, Inspector Popeil, and Misha Lecter. There were about eight kills in the movie, starting with the first one as a teenager from Hannibal Lecter. Killed a butcher with a tanto, a Japanese sword. Slash across the stomach before being beheaded. Cheeks were removed and cannibalized. The story is basically the start of our famous Hannibal Lecter that uh, brought him to be the monster that he became. He was born January 20th, 1933, family castle in Lithuania. He's born with the left hand having six fingers, two middle fingers. In 1941, the Lecter family castle over was taken over during Nazi invasion, forcing the family to spend three years in the forest family hunting cabin. During a winter day, of Soviet tank, a Soviet tank stopped by, demanding a water to be bombed by Nazi Stuka, killing everyone but Hannibal Misha. The kids ended up being captured by looters that were. Uh, deserters from various armies, mainly Nazi from the scene, uh, sound of it. They were held captive for a while before Hannibal's sister Misha was killed and cannibalized. Lecter escaped shackled to be found by a Soviet tank a short period later. He was returned to his castle, his family castle, where it was conveniently turned into a orphanage. For the children of the war. After a few years, he had been adopted by his uncle and aunt and was then relocated to France where he continued on with his schooling. Shortly after that is when he had made his first kill and then he was put on a watch list by Inspector Popeil where he was later arrested for the murder. He was let go by passing a lie detector test and with the help of Lady Mirasaki escaping charges or blame, leaving Hannibal free to continue and pursue his further education in medical school as one of the youngest students to be accepted into France Medical School. Shortly thereafter, he decided to return home to Lithuania to his family castle to the cabin where he had found his sister's remains and buried them. He then found a bag containing the dog tags of the deserters who had held them captive and killed his sister. That's what changed his course and he began his hunt for his sister's 
murderers to exact revenge. He killed just about all of them, as much as were around still alive. After the last one, he had then made his return or his uh, return to schooling, and in that, coming to America for the Johns Hopkins Medical Center in Boston. And that would be the start of his, I guess, what would you call it? Beginnings? I don't know. Start of his eatings? Yeah. Though Yummy he did not, cannibalistic eatings. He did not cannibalize every one of his victims. No. Only, only, only a few of them. Only two were cannibalized. So how was the writing of this book? Do, is it keeping them captivated? Do they keep you like you wanted to read this even more? Like I, you can't put it down? Enough for me because I was a fan before. But a fan of the whole Hannibal Lecter. He, 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 just because of Silas and the Lambs and all that, but great movies. The book itself, not that great. It was, I don't know. It didn't seem like it had the heart into it as the rest of them, especially you know Silas and the Lambs. But it was still so compared to other books you've read, like you had to kind of push yourself through it. Yeah, yeah. But it was, I mean, it was enjoyable still, but it wasn't something I could really get into and enjoy completely to say, yeah, that was great. So, uh, I chose House, The Only Way Out is In by Frank Peretti and Ted Decker. This is like, kind of like a Christian horror type, good versus evil book. Uh, it's based at the Wayside Inn for the most part of the book, the book and the movie. Uh, you got your main characters with Jack, Steph Jack and Stephanie Singleton. They're a married couple. They're on their way to... Their marriage counseling because their marriage is falling apart. Stephanie's a singer. Uh, they're driving this Mustang pretty fast, and boom, you know, the tires get slashed. So they get in trouble along with uh, another couple, but they're not married, and that's Randy and Leslie. So this inn is like deserted, or so they think, and it kind of like the book really draws you in more than what the movie did kept you more on the edge of your seat of wanting to read the more detail but you know with books you can get more detail right jared yeah a lot De more a yeah. lot more definitely so with that being said <clears throat> they're at this end thinking like oh they don't it's deserted and whatnot then all of a sudden this family appears and you're like oh that's going to be like this inbred uh what's that movie wrong turn where oh. the hills have eyes but it's not quite that inbred. More of like the <laughs> special ed inbred quite here. They haven't had that many years of inbreeding to get to the... They were just beginning. They were just yeah, the beginnings. <laughs> Creep in there, but not quite. <laughs> yep, exactly. So what they... So with the book, they get... They, uh, Fred... Or Ted Decker and Frank Pirati get pretty grotesque with some of the scenes and stuff that I really enjoyed in the book, and I was like, oh, it's going to be so nasty and grotesque if they do this in the movie, and guess what? They didn't do it in the movie. There are certain scenes, like, if you do read this book, that you're going to see, and it's going to be, oh, it's so nasty, and kind of just, like, turns your stomach. And if they would have done it in the movie, it would have been nuts, but really they barely even, they barely touched with those, with a couple of scenes from the book into that movie to where if they would have added the actual scenes in the book, it would have been nasty and awesome. The movie's rated R. I'm not really sure why, because there's not too much craziness going on with it. It's probably more or less a swearing. Um, so they're at this wayside inn. It's all about this good and evil 
uh, the family uh, says, oh, he brought them here, and they're talking about the Tin Man. He throws a can down their uh, chimney. It's got like three rules, talking about how, uh, what you can do to survive. Uh, and I'm not even going to spoil that because I want you guys to get interested. It's like, what are the three rules? I need to go read this book. Or maybe I need to watch the movie. I'd suggest read the book. But, um, so you got Tin Man. Was the movie still entertaining, though? A little bit. I'm going to actually let you borrow it so you can watch it. I got it. Okay. So, uh, and the best part of the movie is, if you're a Quentin Tarantino fan, has Michael Madison in it. For a little bit, piece, piece, uh, bits and pieces. What's he been in? Uh, he's been in Kill Bill, Species, Reservoir Dogs, The Hateful Eight, a bunch of Quarantino movies. Okay, okay. <clears throat> Some other stuff I can't even remember. But anyways, back on the house. So they're playing this game with the Tin Man. The family's like all crazy. One of the sons is like in love with uh, Leslie and trying to. eventually he actually traps her. I ruined that part a little bit, but you should really, and there's like this darkness, like this mist that's also there, like they're trying to like understand between, between good and evil, and what it turns out is each, all four of them had like a past life event that has been super traumatic to them that could have possibly uh, not have happened if they would have chose better choices in their situation at hand. So it kind of gets twisty and turny towards the end because you kind of realize, like, what actually happened. And then you kind of went through a glimpse of, like, are you going to be allowed into heaven or are you going to be trapped on earth or in hell is kind of what you're going to see towards the end. I'm not going to, like, and I'm not going to ruin, like, explain exactly what happened. You'll see that in the movie or the book. But like I said, they did a very good job with the descriptive writing and like a really psychological horror with your mind with how they've written stuff. So I believe the book like turned out way better than what the movie was going to be because with how much they had to leave out from the book, like with the movie, they didn't get as much as they could have. What, what, what was needed to really captivate, captivate the mind. So yeah, that's how the only way out is in. Very good. Hannibal Lecter, what was it? Hannibal Rising. Hannibal Rising, not Hannibal Lecter. That's his name. Not bad, not bad. I'll give it a not bad. It's not bad. I'm going to say go read the book of House the Only Way Out is In. Movie, you, could, you don't really want to watch it. But I guess if you want to kind of see the similarities and the differences, it would be something good to watch. So that was it for Two Stoner Dads. Look into our brown eye for the next episode to be.